0: Dr. Amy Shaw is a double board certified MD with training from Cornell, Columbia, and Harvard Universities. She's one of the best when it comes to all things intermittent fasting. And in this special episode, we're going to go deep on the topic today. Amy, welcome.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: We are so glad you are here. One of our favorite people at Mind Buddy Green. So today we're going to do a deep dive on intermittent fasting. So let's start Lots of information out there, lots of different definitions, types. So take it away, Amy. What is intermittent fasting?
1: So to make it super simple, intermittent fasting is just taking a break from food. So whether it's 12 hours from say 8 p.m. at night to 8 a.m. Or whether it's 36 hours, it's really still you know at the 24 hour point people usually switch to calling it um, you know prolonged fasting, but between 12 and 24 is where you consider it intermittent fasting.
0: So 36, 24 and ten so both so let, <laughs> let's just start with the 12 and then go through the different levels so you know 12, 14. Yeah. 16, 18, and so on. Let's just, can we go through the different yeah. different levels and yeah. talk about what's happening there?
1: Yeah. So I think most people have heard of the sixteen-eight 8 um, fast, which is probably the most popular in the media right now. Um, it means that you take a break from eating for 16 hours and you're allowed just uh, water and sometimes other things depending on uh, the fasting protocol you're following. Um, so it would be, say, taking a break from 8 p.m. to noon the next day. That would be a 16 8 fast. If you did something very short, um, like a 12 hour fast, that's kind of the minimal time that people. Um, have talked to 11 or 12 hours fasting. But you'll be surprised that, you know, the normal American um, eats up to 15 hours a day. So even a 12-hour fast um, can be a stretch. Um, So 12-hour fast uh, means just taking a break from 8 p.m., say, to 8 a.m. And then um, you have, you know, something in between, like a 14-hour or an 18-hour, which would be uh, higher than the 16-hour. You have Um, 24 hours or anything in between um, is all considered intermittent fasting. So you can see it's very varied. When you say the term intermittent fasting, you can mean 12 hours or you can mean 24 or you can mean prolonged
0: fast. And so if we were to look at the different fasts and different health benefits, let's walk through what we start to see. What does science say? What's developing and so forth?
1: Yes. Um, This is where it gets really interesting. So The type of fasting that I like to do, and I'll talk to, we'll talk about that in more detail later, is a very simple thing that lots of working people can do, and it's quite short. So it's between 12 and 16 hours, but you start early in the evening. So say 5 o'clock p.m. or 6 o'clock p.m., you eat your last meal, and then you don't eat again until the next morning shortly after sunrise or maybe a little bit after you wake up. Um, And that has strong benefits in the literature that is called time-restricted eating or time-restricted feeding when you're talking about animal studies. And those health benefits are um, very well documented in the studies. Um, In fact, um, I think the really interesting study was uh, Ruth Patterson's group, they looked at just 13 hours of fasting Um, in that way where you start kind of earlier in the evening and um, you end in the morning. And they found, they took a breast cancer group of women who had breast cancer history and they followed them over um, time and they found a 34% reduction in breast cancer recurrence in just basically, it was an average of 13.5 hours of fasting a night. So you can get profound benefits even with short fasting windows. And they were trying to pick a window that would be easy for breast cancer Mm -hmm. survivors. Breast cancer survivors are not people who want to add more stress to their lives. And they don't, um, they were trying to pick like, Hey, what can we, what kind of intervention could be easy for this group? Um, so you can really start to see benefits even at that shorter time window. And the point is, is that I think a lot of the lay media really pushes people to do 16 and 18 and plus on a daily basis. But I think that you can start to see benefits um, even earlier, especially when you're doing this time restricted eating Mm -hmm.
0: model. So 13, 14. Yes.
1: And then, you know, when you talk about autophagy, which we'll talk about later, which is, you know, the, the big benefits of intermittent fasting is this concept of autophagy where it's a clean out of your cell. And that process, it's kind of like a self-eating where you eat up all these old organelles and you dispose of them, kind of a, what you'd consider a deep cleaning of your cell. So deep this cleaning is, is that if you look at a cell that has undergone autophagy, you cannot tell the difference between a new, young cell. So basically, you're anti, you Having this amazing free anti-aging process happening in your cells, um, and so that under a microscope it actually looks like a younger cell because these old organelles and garbage little uh, phagosomes, those are the things that make people um, know how old the cell is because that's how you know that how that's how um, they mark cell aging. So that autophagy process we're not sure when that happens but it happens a little bit later depending on the person and depending on your protein and sugar reserves it can happen at 14 16 18 and definitely probably at the 24 and plus um you're starting to get real autophagy
0: got it and so with regards to fasting i'm a man um, 45 when this, when this airs, I think I, I love intermittent fasting. I have an app, I keep track of it. I go up and down. I feel, I feel great, but I'm also a man who lives with three women. My, my wife, Colleen and our two daughters. And I also know that men and women with regards to food, nutrition, fasting, there are different things going on chemically. Um, and fasting specifically is different for women. And so what are your thoughts there
1: yeah I have lots of thoughts on that um women are wired differently they're wired in a way that stressful situations to the body um and intermittent fasting is a hormetic stressor a small hormetic stressor um will cause, can cause negative effects on women's hormonal cycles. And so, you know, mostly it's animal studies, but we can say that prolonged fasting or aggressive fasting in some women um, can lead to ovarian dysfunction so that they won't ovulate um, or they'll have trouble um, with, um, you know, pregnancies or conceiving. And so what I usually say is that It's not that you cannot do fasting as a woman, it's that we are uh, hardwired to be more sensitive to external stressors. So if you think about it this way, you can imagine that probably this was designed as a protective tool um, to our body so that women even, you know, if they do a stressful activity or they're in a place of starvation or, um, famine, um, that the body will not allow for ovulation and conception because their body cannot carry a fetus to term. And so stressful things to your body, such as even stressful exercise, stressful eating patterns, um, and mental stress all can have negative effects on the women's um, hormonal system. And one of the biggest ways I tell women to know that is that there's a few checks you can check to know if you're doing it right. Is your energy good? Because that's a hormonal um, check. Are your periods regular? Or are you getting missed periods or irregular periods? Because that's a sign of ovulatory dysfunction. Um, How is your hunger and cravings? Like, are you craving all the time and are you super hungry? Like, if you are, your hormones are probably off. Any woman and man, you probably can know too. If you've ever been on a very strict diet, your hunger signals go way up and you feel the cravings like you've never had before. And so those are all signs that maybe you're not doing the right thing with intermittent fasting. And the the fourth thing would be sleep. Like, you know, check on your sleep. Is your sleep disturbed? If your sleep is disturbed, as a woman... And as a man, actually, except for the um, cycle part of it, you really can check in with yourself because not everything is right for everyone, and we really have to personalize it to everyone's own hormonal status and where they're starting, where their baseline stress level is at. If you start fasting and you are living a completely stressful life, you are more likely to deal with these hormonal dysfunctions.
0: Right. And when does it become a slippery slope for some people with yeah. regards to disordered eating? And- anorexia yeah, yeah
1: women uh especially suffer from this issue of you know controlled eating binge disorders uh, anorexia um control i think the same kind of check in markers like where's your sleep where's your energy where's your cravings and hunger is if you are someone who has this history you probably should not do intermittent fasting at least on your own Um, you should probably do it with other people. And the same goes for women who are pregnant or women who are breastfeeding. I often come across people who say, oh, I I tried this um, and then my breast milk supply went down or whatever. So, you know, whenever you're in that situation, you always think, hey, we don't have enough studies to tell someone as a blanket statement um, you know, all pregnant right. women should do this or all breastfeeding. So I think it has to be very individualized and very carefully done with a practitioner if you are going to do it that way. But I always advise people, you know, if you're pregnant, um, probably should stay away sure. from it.
0: So with regards to fasting, is it about also listening to your body, seeing how you feel? Hey, this feels good. I can do this versus like, eh, I hate this. And And does that play a role in deciding whether or not this works for you?
1: You know, that's a tough question because, in my opinion, if I was your, you know, physician slash friend slash uh, family member, I think that everyone should be doing some form of intermittent fasting. I think that the fact that 50% of the population eats, you know, 15, 16 hours a day is- That's part, too much. Yeah. That's <laughs> We're part, <lying> <laughs> That's a part of the problem of, you know, at night when our melatonin- released um, we have receptors on our pancreas in all over our body that bind this melatonin and and turn it down or even to To kind of like that repair and um, restore mode so that it can repair all these things overnight. And if you're asking your body to produce tons of insulin late into the evening when your melatonin has already told it to turn down, of course you're going to have, you know, blood sugar regulatory problems. So, in my opinion, eating two to three hours before bed um, is a negative. Uh, Effect on your health in general. So I think everyone should be going about 12 hours at least. But then beyond that, I think that is when you kind of listen to your body. And that's when I was saying the check-in modes, like, hey, how's your sleep? How's your energy? Mm -hmm. How's your hunger and cravings? Like, how are your cycles if you're a woman? Are those things better than they used to be or are they worse than they used to be? And that's a great way to gauge where to go from there. Got it.
0: And so what breaks a fast? A lot of people have different opinions. Yes. What what technically so I, for example, I have water in the morning, I have some supplements, but the supplements don't have calories in them. And I have black coffee. From what I hear, I'm, I'm, I'm in the clear. <laughs> yeah.
1: So there's lots of debate. And honestly, we don't know, right? So we don't know exactly what's happening and it's the same thing with autophagy like we can say oh it's probably happening at 14 16 18 depending on the person their protein load their sugar load we're also not really sure there's like a lot of debate actually around caffeine um because we can say water is fine you know water is good you know decaf is fine but when we talk about caffeine are we turning on that circadian clock we're not sure Will it give you probably a lot of benefits um, despite the fact that Mm -hmm. it's turning on your circadian clock? Probably. So I even say that up to 40 calories, non-sugar, non-protein calories. So it could be like a spoonful of um, avocado or nut butter or something that is high in fat. Um, you can use if you're having trouble with your fast. So, if say you stopped eating like the way I like to. What I call it circadian gut rest. Say you start that at 5 p.m. and you're like, I'm going to do this, and you do your yoga and you're getting ready for bed and you're like, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to fall asleep <laughs> because that's a big issue that people come across. And so I say have that spoon and keep it around 30-40 calories and you will still reap the benefits. And it's similar to the coffee. Yeah, if you can do it without, great. Just water is ideal. But we have seen really great benefits and people are able to extend their um, fast um, just with that little.
0: So there's like MCT oil, okay. Yes, coconut
1: oil, MCT oil, a little bit of coconut uh, meat, um, anything. You know, usually it's late at night, so nut butter works great because it's like a half a tablespoon and you're done. Um, And it's still low protein. So remember that... Protein is one of the big things that turns off um, the fasting benefits, like mTOR, hmm. um, and because we know that people who eat, um, you know, take branching amino acids, for example, while they're fasting, they're actually turning off the fasting benefits. We do know that. Even up to three grams of protein while you're fasting can turn off um, that mTOR pathway.
0: Pro- Got it. Is there an example of a branch chain amino that most people think is?
1: You know, I guess there's a lot of people in the supplement, um, in this um, lay media that talk about doing, you know, branch chain amino acids while you work out, like in these supplement drinks. And um, the theory was that, hey, while you're fasting, then you'll preferentially, you know, drop uh, fat rather than use muscle because you're, taking in these chain amino acids but when it comes to longevity and mTOR pathway you're actually turning it off when you're taking in even moderate you know three grams of protein so that's really little so that is something i would watch for with supplements and things you do um in your coffee or whatever it sure. is is the protein content and also autophagy if you think about it the less sugar and protein stores you have, um, the lower protein diet um, and low sugar diet is the most likely to get into autophagy faster.
0: Interesting. How many yeah. grams of protein? I'm curious. Like well, this percentage of body it's, weight. It's or...
1: really, it's really hard to know. Obviously, we don't know the exact numbers, but you know the point eight. Uh, Grams per kilogram was like the USDA recommendation or whatever, but people get way more than that, usually one or two grams per kilo. So I would say the typical American, um, you know, red meat based diet is quite high in protein. So... I think what my takeaway to my patients and to people is like, hey, you don't need to slam the protein shakes. You right. don't need to take all the supplement protein. If you're eating a healthy diet with tons of vegetables and um, plant food, and if you want to do you know protein here and there, you don't have to be searching out the protein all the time. In fact, it's probably negative when it comes to longevity. Right.
0: So with regards to breaking a fast, is there like a proper way that you recommend to people?
1: So I love fasted workouts and I recommend that if you do it my way, the circadian way where you would stop eating early in the evening and you would wake up in the morning and then go work out in the sunlight or get some sunlight and then go work out indoors, um, that is the ideal way to start your day and then you break your a fast after that fasted workout and then that way if you want to have some protein th- that would be the ideal situation to add in some protein along with vegetables um and um fiber is basically what i would recommend so you, for so your
0: days. dream fast meal is some veggies fiber and a little protein
1: so what i do i'll tell you what What I does I do. that look like for you in the morning yeah, like I'll it's tell 10 a.m yeah, you just you just yeah. did your 14 hour yeah I did my workout because my workout is going to extend like it helps mitochondrial um, health. It is lowering my insulin stores. It's getting you into autophagy. Say, you know, you're right at the 14 hour mark and you work out and you use up those last, you know, liver glycogen stores and you start the autophagy process. So that's why I like fasted workouts because it kind of speeds up that process. Um, And then after that, the window for getting in protein, remember like when we used to go to trainers or whatever, they'd be like, eat protein within 30 minutes of your, no. you know, you should be having a shaker on your way out of the gym or whatever. So we know that that, that window is a lot longer now. Um, but, you know, it's more like an hour two hours. So after you finish your workout, say I shower, I go to work. And to me, um, I used to do smoothies a lot, but I got sick of them and I like to chew my food. So now I take berries. I take nuts and I take, um, raw vegetables with hummus and, um, and that's how I break my fast pretty much every time I fast. And that way I can be in the office. I can be between patients and I'll have usually a chai, um, uh, with almond milk or whatever. And that's a nice way for me to have a small meal. Usually, like you said, around 10 o'clock, um, that kind of holds me over to lunch when I can have a bigger meal.
0: Got it. And so with regards to intermittent fasting on a daily basis, is it, good to go up and down or just pick a number like I personally go all over the place I'll do 13 I'll do 15 sometimes I'll do 20 I'll go back down like I try to like make it interesting and always change it up and also listen to my body like there are some days like today for example I was like I was just hungry yeah and like I wasn't <laughs> gonna do 18 or 16 it was like 14 like I'm having some food
1: yeah I love it that's probably the best way to do it and listening to your own body cues but of course a lot of people want to know some external cues that they can use to, um, I like switching it up. And the reason I like that is, you know, the age old dietary knowledge that we have is that our metabolism is really smart. And if you're doing it for fat loss or weight loss or metabolism benefits, then you have to remember that our metabolism adjusts. So if you fast every day, you know, 16 hours and you're really taking in low calories, on those days, your your metabolism will turn the thermostat down. You just won't burn as many calories. Um, but if you keep switching it up um, where you do, so for example, I'll do three longer fasts a week and I'll do three shorter fasts a week and then I'll do one day off. And the one thing I will say for women who are menstruating women, that the week before your period um, is probably, actually like the week and a half probably, is the time that i cycle kind of lower or no fasting meaning that um, you're the most sensitive to cortisol at that time and so as i mentioned that um, intermittent fasting is a hormetic stressor and then doing tons of exercise is also a stressor so you really want to work on your stress control during that latter half of your um, cycle so between ovulation and menstruation and so those two weeks i kind of lay low on the fasting and then the day zero um, of the cycle to day 14 is kind of your green light to go a little harder on the fasting and the workouts. And so it's a nice way for women to have a framework, and men can use that same framework, but just switch it up to, you know, which two weeks feels better to them. Um, I think cycling in and out is really, really a nice way to give your body a break and also push your body a little bit. And we know that, you know, producing these ketone bodies um, that we do when we fast, even, I mean, I'm not talking about going keto and intermittent fasting. I'm saying just a regular person who is using up all their glycogen stores while they're fasting overnight. Will start to make ketone bodies. And these ketone bodies are really good for the brain, especially the aging brain, um, and really can help with brain related dementia, Alzheimer's, um, and things like that. So there's lots of benefits beyond um, just weight loss that we're looking for with uh, intermittent fasting.
0: So, why are you, you, are, you love fasting? Yeah. It's all over your Instagram, which <laughs> everyone should follow. Why are you so passionate? Why are you so excited as a physician about intermittent fasting?
1: So this is an interesting story. So I grew up in, um, I was born in India. And I was born into a family of very religious people. And they are Jain. It's, it's a religion. It's almost like a philosophy called Jainism, similar to Buddhism. And there's tons of fasting involved. Um, my grandmother, both my grandmother, uh, uh, maternal and paternal, were extremely religious. One of them actually devoted her life um, to religion, and where she basically becomes a monk for um, the rest of her life. And they did fasting every. Every evening, they would not eat after sundown, and they would intermittent fast every every day, basically. And then they would go eight days um, without eating and just water for the holy time of the year. And so I had al- always been around um, fasting, but I always poo pooed it, especially as I went through medical school and we were talking <laughs> of oh, six mini meals a day and like you know high. Pre- and I was like, these people are crazy. Like they're doing all the wrong things. And then. I started seeing the literature on intermittent fasting, and it is like if this was a drug, it would be a billion-dollar drug. The research is that strong. I mean, there is research for brain health, for cardiovascular health, for diabetes, for cancer, for, um, you know, obesity. And you look at the skyrocketing, uh, you know, rates of these things. I mean, 50% of the adult population has heart disease, you know, Uh, diabetes went from 103 million people in 1980, which we remember, but a lot of people won't, um, to like 500 million today. So you can imagine, like, we're not doing a good job of controlling these diseases. I mean, obesity, as you know, is on the rise. So we need a solution that is different from what's out there. And when I looked at the research, really technical research, um, it is fascinating to me that this is not in our normal medical advice to all patients. And it should be, it really, we should be prescribing intermittent fasting to every single patient, especially if they're at risk for these diseases, or if they already have these diseases.
0: I love that. If if intermittent fasting were a drug, it'd be a billion dollar blockbuster hit. I love that. So to close, any general tips for anyone out there is like, all right, I'm in, I want to try it.
1: Yeah. I think if you're going to try it for the first time, or if you're a newbie, um, or if you haven't tried it in a while, just start with 12 hours, just go. And I, I'm so shocked to see how many people feel benefits they feel energy they feel lighter just from ending their meals maybe two to three hours before bed like eight o'clock say and then um, taking a break for 12 hours and just starting to eat and then once you get better at it you may want to push up that um, dinner window to a little bit earlier and then push back that uh, breakfast window to a little bit later I would say every two weeks you can start to push yourself a little bit further and watch for those four signs you know your sleep your hunger craving signals um your energy levels and if you're a woman your cycle
0: i love it well personally i'm a huge fan of if
1: yeah awesome it's it's a big hit all over and for good reason
0: i believe so too amy thanks so much
1: thank you so much for having me